مذہب نمبر انیس سالک کو چاہیے کہ اپنے پیر بھائیوں کو اپنی دعاؤں میں نہ بھولیں حدیث پاک کے مطابق ایک فرشتہ اس کو کہے گا کہ وہ لکھا مثل ذالک تیرے لیے بھی اس جیسے ہو یاد رکھیں فرشتے کی دعا رد نہیں ہوتی means the angel's prayers are always accepted. Here about the hadith, Sayyidina Rasulullah said something we've explained to you before is that when you make dua for a fellow believer, not just fellow salik, when you make dua for a fellow believer, and a mu'min makes dua for another mu'min. So mu'min A is making dua for mu'min B. And the angel comes and says, وَلَكَ مِثْلُ ذَلِكَ So angel makes the same dua from Mu'min A and also says Amin on their own du'a so what did Mu'min B get? they got Mu'min A's du'a and Angel's Amin what did Mu'min A get? they got Angel's du'a and Angel's Amin so it means that whenever you make du'a for someone it's actually to your own benefit because the Angel will make du'a for you now maybe that you make du'a for them for something that you don't want yourself so hence the word Mithla that you look at something. For example, you're already married and you want your friend to get married. You don't want a second wife. So, Mithlulalik means that may Allah grant you something similar to that, something that is appropriate for you. Here, there's a strange thing in human nature that people forget to make du'as for those who are closest to them. Make dua for some real distant relative, you forget to make dua for your close relatives. You make dua for somebody who is a old, long lost friend, you forget to make dua for your current close friends. So this is trying to correct that, that a person should remember to make dua. Because the real friendship and the real sign of close friendship is that you make dua for those who are close to you. But also, one reason why it's mentioned that the salakin should make dua for one another. And that the more dua you make for one another, the more muhabba, mawadda, the more love and affection you will have. So normally we mention dua as a cure. If a person has hasad, bhagaz, ghil, so dua is a cure. But then imagine how much love that dua creates that the nur of that dua can remove the fire of hasad so that if that dua is so powerful that it can take out the hasad and bugs that people have, so what about people who don't have any hasad per se to begin with, if they were to make dua for one another, how much love and compassion they would have. So yes, dua is a medicine and a corrective for that sin of ill feelings, but if you don't have ill feelings, then you should still make dua for your fellow believers, fellow salakin, fellow brethren. Sometimes it may mean by name, Sometimes at the very least as a collective that you should remember everyone. This also gives you a sense of ikhlas. Whenever a believer truly wants something for someone else, 
then Allah Ta'ala gives it to them. This is an ikhlas. When you really want something for someone else, Allah Ta'ala will give it to you. So this is an easy way to get something. If you really want it for yourself, you might not get it. You may or may not get it. That's a chance. But if you really want it for someone else, then Allah Ta'ala will give it to you. So, another example. And those of you who are unmarried. So if you really want to get married, yes, sooner or later, you may or may not get, won't get married. But if you really want that your friend gets married, then Allah Ta'ala will really make you get married. <laughs> same, remember the same khulasa of the other. Love for your fellow believer what you love for yourself. Khulasa. Hmm? So it, it's also one izhar of that, one manifestation that is in our du'as. So for example, now what would this mean for Salakin? So it could be anything. Hajj, going for Hajj, going for Umrah, going for Itikaf, going for a Sohbah, right? Now there may be a situation where you know that there's nothing you can do for the other person. There's no way you can do it. It's just not practical. It's just not going to happen, right? But still you can make du'a. Not only can you make du'a for things that are impossible, outwardly you can make du'a for things that are actually impossible. What does that mean that, let's say you're in the airport lounge about to go to Zambia. Now there's no way that the person who's left behind, that's an impossibility that you're making du'a for them, that if they come, it's finished, you can still make du'a for them, Right? So it shows that you have a compassion, you have a feeling, you have a c- compassionate feeling for your fellow salik, for your fellow believer. And that feeling is what is makbul in Allah. I'd say it's much more than our words, much more than akwal. Insan ke ahwal hotein jo Akwal to har People say anything. People can say words. It's your feelings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at. It's your feeling that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts. So if a person has a feeling of love and compassion for their fellow believer, Allah ta'ala looks at that feeling and he may give even much more than the angel's dua. Allah ta'ala is not bound by that. Angel may make dua for the same thing for you, mithil for you. Allah ta'ala can give you same, mithil, better, more, other than. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you many things. So one aspect was that Hajj, Umrah, Zambia, Sobat. Another more important is Taqwa. Taqwa, Haya, Iman, Yaqeen, Sabr, Shukr, Tawakkul, etc. So there's sifat muminana What does that mean? That So when you're in the heat of your dua, maybe you committed some sin and you're making real tawbah and then you're from your heart, you're crying out to Allah SWT I never want to do this again. And not that you make ilzam or su'izan on any one particular person, but you can generally make dua, not just take me out, but take all of my fellow peerbys out of this. When you make that, then Allah Ta'ala likes the dua more. So let me give you an example. What did Allah Ta'ala teach you how to make dua on Surah Al-Fatiha? That's we. But Allah Ta'ala wants that you should include people. That's also we. That's also we. Rabbana, our Rabb, even though you're making maybe your own dua, it should be Rabbi. But no, it's Rabbana. So this is the Quran, the Adab Allah Ta'ala taught us in the Quran. 
that when you make du'a, you should make du'a for your help, yourself, but you should also make du'a on behalf of all mu'mineen. So next time when you make that really heartfelt du'a of tawbah, don't just beg that you should be forgiven, you should beg that Allah Ta'ala let all such people be forgiven. You can even make a du'a that Allah Ta'ala can tell you, if you don't want to do it, you can do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to Allah Ta'ala do so for to karam for man. You can make dua like that, right? So the more mean Allah Ta'ala, I am nothing. I've fallen, I'm a base. At least take others out. At least take others out. So the more and more you can, but that dua is going to get you out. <laughs> if you make that dua, you're going to get out. And whenever Allah Ta'ala addressed us in Quran, He also addressed us in the plural. Yukhrijakum. All of you, not yukhrijuka, yukhrijukum, yukhrijuhum, is plural, minadolamati, lanur. So this is a collective effort, collective effort. In fact, that is one thing that is very missing. This adab is very lacking in most of us. We don't make that type of dua. Maybe there's one special friend, maybe we make dua for them. And even that, if you're reminded us a few times to make dua for him. So it should be part of your mizaj. To have that level of compassion that you make dua for one another. That is something that automatically takes place on this side, but it's something that's very lacking on your side. Hmm? Yes, very lacking on your side. You make du- don't make dua for another. In fact, if everyone started just doing amal on this adab, perhaps everyone would start making a lot of progress towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The dua is something that is. Very easy to make. So it's du'a. The adab is telling to make du'a, but behind the du'a is a feeling. And that feeling of compassion has to be there. Again, and this is the way a person gets, this is why it gets rid of hasad. Because hasad means people think that we're separate, we're rivals, we're enemies. And du'a and things like this make a person know we're in this together. We're all in the same boat. We're all traveling the same path. We're all seeking the same Allah subhanahu ta'ala. We're all fighting the same nafs. We're all trying to escape from the same shaitan. means we're all in this together. So given that we're all in this together, why not feel like partners with one another instead of becoming rivals towards one another? That's why the Mashaikh say that Ek banda aise bhi dua mangta hai Ki Allah Ta'ala Me tu gunagar ho Chalo agar me jannat Nahi ja sakta Tum baaki saathiyo ke bhi Saare guna mujh par dalne Taakki me tu jannam jana hi sahi hai Unko to kam as kam Aap jannat jana hai Allah Ha Ab us bande ki makfrat To definite hoogi To ek soch hota hai Ek mizaj hota hai Ek andaz hota hai Allah Ta'ala ko mangta Allah subhanahu wa wants to see that in us. Not that a person is nafsa nafsi or just out for themselves or only caring about themselves. And a person should feel that compassion for others.
एक रिश्ता होता है रिश्ता रोहानी रिश्ता यू शुड लिव अप टू दैट रोहानी रिश्ता रियल दुआ टू अल्लाह सुभान रियल लव फॉर वन अदर दैट्स आल्सो रियल आज़े दैट अ पर्सन व्यूज हिमसेल्फ एज नथिंग व्यूज हिमसेल्फ एज अ लॉस्ट कॉज दैट व्यूज एवरीवन एल्स एज समथिंग एंड व्यूज एवरीवन एज अ होपफुल कॉज ऑल ऑफ दिस हैपेंस when a person makes du'as for one another. Adam number 20, Imam Shafran, Allah firmatik hai, ke tu apne baai ki marawad per itimad karke, uski hukoo ki adaayenge mein kutahi na kar. Adam number 20, Imam Shafir, Rima Allah Ta'ala said, So let me explain it first and maybe then I can make the transition. That if there's your peer mind, who he acts as if he doesn't need your help, he acts as if everything is okay. Outwardly, he seems as if everything is fine. So then you start being a bit informal with him. You start taking things lax. You then end up not fully fulfilling his rights. You end up becoming lazy because he is so siddha sada. Then you think that, chalo, buto siddha hai sada hai. No problem. You can walk over him. You can usurp his rights. So this is what it means that a person should, if their fellow seeker has murawa, one English word for murawa, their almost their selflessness that's not really what this word means but don't looking at somebody's selflessness don't let that make you trample over their rights or let you be slack in their rights or looking at their demeanor with you or the fact that they are informal with you you should not uh, let that make you be weak in your rights so what does it mean that some not everybody is going to extract their rights from you not everybody is going to give you that impression some people when you're with them you'll even forget you may not even realize you may take them for granted and when you start taking them for granted then again you may uh, end up not fulfilling the level of rights that you were supposed to fulfill but this is very important because when you have these mutual interpersonal relationships so sometimes what happens is normally should be that when the other person is good it brings out the good in you in this case if the other person is good it almost brings out the bad in you because then you neglect it you take it for granted so that means a person has to always be very watchful over their adab and that's true of all of these adab it's not going to come to you automatically if you do them once, doesn't mean you'll necessarily do it a second time. You do it ten times, still doesn't mean you'll do it eleventh time. 
Adab is something that a person has to be very watchful over themselves. Eat in every single time, eat in every single moment, eat in every single opportunity. They have to actively be conscious and aware of these adab. Otherwise they will slip and they will fail in some of them. And the second they slip in one of them, then they slip in more of them, then they may end up losing these adab. Adab number 21 Sada ko chahiye Kin jab uska bhai Apni musibat ki halat mein Usse madad chahe To wo us par Bakhili na kare Agar chahe apne jubba Zayed juto Or Gehu What is that? Gandam Or gandam vagera se ho Adab number 21 so that seeker of the pleasure of Allah spout on the travelers on this path, that if one of his fellow or her, his or her fellow brethren has any difficulty, is in a state of difficulty, and here it means state of financial need, that they should not be stingy or reluctant in helping them, even if they can give them just an extra set of clothing or extra shoes or some extra wheat, or anything else like that, means that even if they have some extraneous item, they should help them. Here this shows you that this was much more simple times, that the needs of people were jibba and shu and gandam. Right? But that's what their needs were anyway. And so a person who had extra would be able to give it to them. So what it means is that it's also about the ikhlas, the barakat of the ikhlas, the barakat of niyyah. should not look at the item itself or the quantity itself or the amount itself. Just the act of giving, that act of sacrifice, that act of selflessness, that is what is accepted by Allah SWT. And when a person makes an act of sacrifice or selflessness, then in such a case, Allah SWT may put so much barakah in just that act of giving, that small sadaqah, Allah Ta'ala can put so much barakah in that that he puts barakah in the risk of that person. So this can be true. It's also to make sure that people remain in the habit of giving. So it's not just to rich the poor. So this could, for example, you can apply this to your household staff also that don't think that you know you always have to give them a lot of money or don't think that it's up to your parents or that's not your role. You should give something, even if it's a Mali who comes to work at your house, even if it's something like that, some extra clothing you have, or extra shoes that you have, or extra watches that you have. And pretty much all of us have Zaid. Zaid, if you especially take it as Zaid and Zarura, so extra beyond what is necessary for us. You would have all of the above, all of those things, right? And so to give it away, right? To give it away, not to feel stingy. And you will find that this is what you do. So it's winter. You think, okay, let me give somebody a sweater. You open up your closet. You see you have ten sweaters. So you know you can give one away. But then the bukhla comes in. Like, no, but I like this one. And I like that one. And so-and-so gave me this one. And Mahbuba gave me that one. Right? So you don't want to give it away. Right? Then before you know it, you've closed the closet and you've kept all ten sweaters. Even though you know last year you never wore all ten of them. Right? So even if it's socks, even to give somebody, you have seven pairs of socks and somebody doesn't have any socks, to give them your socks. 
So it's the act of giving. Also helps the person, uh, here, but that's not really what's intended here. Um, but the point is that you should never be stingy when helping someone else. Because you shouldn't think that, okay, if, if I'm meager means, if I give it away, then I may not have anything. And this is something that different people have this problem. It has nothing to do with how rich or poor you are, this bukhal. I've seen very well-off people have this bukhal. And I've seen very poor people not have this bukhal. Bukhul, you can, the beginning of bukhul is that when you intend to give something, you second guess yourself. That's the beginning right there. That means you have bukhul. It's enough. Even if you end up giving it, for the fraction of a second, you thought twice. Should I really do this? Should I spend this? Itna deidu. Maybe I should take a little out. I'm giving 10,000. Maybe that's too much. I should take two, three out and just give the person seven. Any act of second guessing, that's bukhul. Your first instinct, so to make sure that bukhul doesn't creep in, bukhul is stinginess to be a miser, right? Never second guess your first charitable intention. Whatever you, whatever amount occurred to you, just give that now. Say that it occurred to me, that's it. Now I'm not going to think, I'm not going to cost, analyze, I'm not going to think about all the other things I have to do, right? But that's what people have, they put 10,000 rupees in the envelope and it's now the heaviest envelope they have. And they put it there, and then it stays. Then by the time they see the person, they look at the envelope a few times. Then they open it, they look at the ten notes. Then they think, maybe in ten, that's kind of a lot. Then they take three out. Then they feel bad, they put it back in. Then again, they put it back. Then again, they think, they should I really be giving so much? That, right? That all of that is bukhul. Even if you end up giving ten, you have the mothers of bukhul. You have the feeling of bukhul. It's not just amal, it's a hal. You went through multiple halat of bukhul, even if your amal was free from it. So, easiest way to make sure bukhul never comes is whatever first instinct comes to you, don't second guess it, don't minimize it, don't regret it after you give it away, don't feel the pain. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us in our deen that you should give with your right hand such that your left doesn't even notice. Now, one, that means that you're not aware and you're not arrogant, but it also meant that it's so light for you to give. It's so easy, there's no bukhul. It's so easy for you to give it. You don't even notice it that you gave it. You don't miss it. That's another meaning of that. The original meaning is that you hide it and nobody, even you yourself forget that you gave it. But it also means that you don't miss it at all. You don't miss it. And that, when does that happen? Now if you notice, that happens when people spend on people they really love. Right? So when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq spent all of his money on Sayyidina Rasulullah he didn't feel it for a second. He didn't second guess it. He didn't feel it. He never regretted it. He never missed it. Right? Why? Because he loved the Prophet That's why when Sayyidina Rasulullah once said that there's three things I love to pray Salah and I love Itar and I love a pious wife. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq spoke up immediately and said there are also three things that I love I love to look at your face. I love to, that my money is spent on you. And I love that my daughter is in your nikah. Allah Ashik. So when you love someone really, then there's no counter to bukhul. And if you don't fully, fully love someone, sometimes even with a person's own families, then there's a counter to bukhul. Then there's a hesitation, there's a regret. Again, it doesn't mean, I mean, like we did in Quran al-Karim just a few days ago, not everybody can be at that level of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, whether they're spending on deen, 
or spending on one's fellows. Uh, but whatever first instinct comes to you, you should just give that. Don't hesitate on that. Right? 